Three, two, one. Welcome to the David the Dog Trainer Podcast, episode 95. Today we're being joined by my good buddy Dave from Buffalo, New York, <laughs> the, the Art of Dog. Let's get him on. We're almost there. <laughs> almost there. We're almost there. I do have video. Why is it in my video? Or I had to reinstall Jared, Zoom. What are you wearing? Not, oh, oh, oh man! In the flash, here he is. This, uh, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm in a break room, which doesn't have a heat duct. You're in a what? so it's fucking freezing. So I, I have like a break room for. That's like also a personal kennel room for my dogs. Yeah. When they're here, but it's just cold. So it's a. Are you familiar with Comfy? Am I familiar with Comfy? It's a hoodie that's like... Comfy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant hoodie that could fit like four people. Uh, I'm not, so, but it looks like something it. I probably need down. You know what's funny is I was talking about this with a with a friend uh, the for, other... For 40 bucks. Oh, $40 is a steal also. Wait, wait real quick. Are you recording? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make sure people see so here's, this. So here's the thing. Recording right? so, in progress. There we go. Now we're recording. <clears throat> so I uh, obviously we yeah. we these virtual ones are kind of like I don't want to say a new thing. We've probably done maybe ten or twelve at this point, something like that. Maybe not even. Maybe ten. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we do them via Zoom, obviously. And I always like I'm programmed to set up like the actual audio software to record, but I always forget to hit record on the Zoom right. session and. Uh, I've only done it one time where I missed the whole episode and it was with the Jeff Gelman episode we did and I was so pissed off because like that dude's like mannerisms and shit he does is so funny and we missed yeah. all of it. Yeah. So that was kind of an upset, but you know. He talks he talks way more. He physically talks way more physically with talks. his body than he does his actual voice. A hundred percent. Yeah. Which um, is pretty fantastic. And I was just concerned I was gonna be late. Because my uh, my one employee Marissa just knocked on the door and goes, "Can you come check Murphy's balls? They look swollen." <laughs> and, and I was just like, "What? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right I'm now?" Coming. And well, sh- yeah, sure enough, sure enough. That's a phone call I'm going to make when I'm done. <laughs> your, your balls are a little swollen. You know, that's the weirdest call I've had to make a couple times also is like when you call somebody literally to tell them your dog's balls are irritated. <laughs> it's it's like of all the random like, things. I think your dog's just munching them. on his balls. Yeah. And, it, and it's always with the, 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 the still intact dogs because those the, that sack just hangs kind of low, you know, and it just kind of like sits on the kennel oh like when they're it's in there. so Big. Yeah, it's it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Vinny for it's the just, longest time ugh. was not fixed, and the things that he did is a okay. Here we're we're gonna get right into this here. So <laughs> starting out with the balls. So, so yesterday <laughs> yeah. I saw something on Facebook by somebody, and and it was like it was it was some trainer. I, I don't know, just some random person I was I was friends with on Facebook, and she was like, "Yeah, the calls that I get, this one was a first, and the it was like client." My dog chronically masturbates five times a day until finishing while staring me directly in the eyes or something like that. <laughs> and and I read it oh. and, and she was like posting it like, like, what the fuck? Like, I've never heard of this in my life. And my brain immediately went to, oh, yeah, Vinny used to do that all the time before I got him fixed. 
dude, he would literally <laughs> sit there. And, and I remember, like, the yeah. first couple of times, like, Kate met him before. Like, we would be out on the patio, and, like, he would just, like, get a hard on and just start, like, rubbing it against his belly. And then suddenly just, you know, little little stuff kind of came out, and then he was done. <laughs> oh, my God. And he would do it all the time. He That's, would literally uh, do it all the time. Yeah, That's a sometimes. part of so part of the reason why I got him fixed was because he did that so much. I was like, I can't be having this. I can't be having you just shooting off your little guys all over my house. You can't be doing this on the house. Well, he's not even marking. He's just like, you know, like <laughs> that's I mean, another maybe form marking, of marking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's like a higher level. Mark. Yeah, it's <laughs> intact male dogs are some are on a different level of of that. We, I've had to have. I did a, a like a go home with this like intact pity, this big, big, thick blue dude. And he was super cool. And we had him for big, four weeks. Blue, and when the owners came in, he was so torqued up that he just started humping the air. And all of a sudden he starts squirting everywhere. And she's like, oh, my God, he's peeing. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, he's not. Peeing. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm like that's not pee. <laughs> I'm like that's not pee, and he just kept going for a solid like five minutes. She's like, "What do we do?" I was like, "I, I don't know." I'm like, let him finish. I guess yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else to do. I've never experienced the dog ejaculating in my training facility before, yeah. but oh, here we are. There's <laughs> a first for everything. <laughs> so you know. that that cracked me up yeah, a right? bit when I saw it. <laughs> so yeah, no wild shit for sure. Um, well, Dave, how about you get into your little. Your little introduction for everybody here. Let the people know who you are. We got some people that know you. Obviously, you've been on the the Q and A that we used to do before. You know, we've talked about you before and stuff. So why don't you yeah. give, give the people what they want? I have. Uh, I'm Dave. I'm another Dave, the dog trainer, which has been <laughs> become a moniker here in Buffalo. And I was like, you can't do that because there is another Dave, and it's not me. Well, you but could be David. David's dog trainer. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll take Dave that. Dave and Dave, yeah. David the dog um, trainer and Dave the dog trainer. I mean, that's, you know, it works. That seems fair. Yeah. I mean, in family, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in Buffalo, New York. I own the Art of Dog, which is a training facility. Uh, it's actually located on Grand Island, New York, which is like 10 minutes away from Buffalo. So mm-hmm. it's not very far. Uh, I've been training dogs for a very long time. It's been a decade this year, mm. which doesn't feel like a long time. But then the more you think about it, you're like, oh, man, 10 years is a long ass time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to where I just got this facility in February. So I now have employees and I'm now adjusting to the fact that, like, I don't have to do everything. Um, but I really want to keep doing everything because I won't let go. But, you know. <laughs> it's the struggle. And I have, yeah, we, I was on the Q&A actually a couple years ago, I remember. And it was funny because I was at my friend's house recently and he'll, he'll watch YouTube videos on, on his TV. And, you know, YouTube always suggests videos <laughs> in the bottom of the TV. And he's watching some dog training stuff. And he, he watches your stuff because he's like, oh, have you ever heard of this guy? I was like, yeah, I know him. He's cool. So he knows the shit. And then the little thumbnail comes up and it's you and I in that room. And he was like, is that you? I was like, yeah. And he goes, you look really hot. And I was like, funny story. That room was like 4,000 degrees. <laughs> and that's all I remember about that. <laughs> yeah, that was those, those dead of winters. I was trying to get the facility evenly heated. Never works out. 
So right now we're in the phase where it's not cold enough no, for the heat to kick on all the time to make it super hot. So it's just cold still, you know? Um, so that's the struggle of having a, a yep. two-story mm-hmm. open center warehouse facility that we try to yeah. heat with just like a regular fucking <laughs> HVAC system. Yeah. So Yeah, it's... This is a, I'm in like a converted barber. It used to be a barber shop. Mm. So it's set up kind of like a house. Yeah. Um, so there's ducts here and there's ducts there, but like the dog room gets so hot from when the heater turns on, mm-hmm. but the main training area doesn't get warm enough. So I, there's a fireplace. So I start a fire and then the fire, then it gets so hot that the heat turns off and then the kennel room gets too cold. And I'm just like, I like, I've got like these, like a $400 space heater that's got eco and eco settings. So it's got a thermostat built into it. Mm. Uh, it's trash. It's a struggle to make heat properly. Yeah. It's garbage. It's just, yeah. Like, why can't it just be normal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how's those, uh, how's those training by the fireplace vibes? That's gotta be pretty cool. Oh, it is really nice. Some of the, sometimes I'll have a dog, like I'll put a dog on place and I'll be working some other dogs and I'm like, all right, buddy, come on, let's go. And the dog's like, nah, dude, Yeah, I'm laying in front of the fire right now. This is real good. And just, I'm enjoying that. I'm trying to figure a way. Yeah. I need to market that somehow. Like I need to probably get a leather recliner and put it in front of the fireplace. Yeah. Dave's fireside like dog training. With, have with like a leather, a leather recliner for you in that, and then a leather recliner that's for the dogs. And every dog that comes, you need to take like a 20-minute like uh, time-lapse video of the dog just lounging on it and send it to the owners. And the owners will just be like, wow, he is living the luxury life there. We should keep giving Dave money wow. to have the dog stay there longer so he can keep laying yeah. on that chair next to the fireplace. <laughs> Yep, that's that. I think it's a that's idea. Tactic. I can imagine a leather recliner for dogs lasting uh, four days before it is absolutely torn apart. Um, Especially with some of these animals that come in. Yeah, dude. There's something so there's something so powerful about the environment you're training dogs in. So, I um, we recently decorated the shop for Christmas, and I go real bananas with Christmas decorations for the shop, mm-hmm. right? And the the sta- okay. I was gonna hold off a little bit longer. I was gonna hold off like another week or so before I put them all up. But the staff kept like, "Oh, when are you gonna do it? When are you gonna do it? When are you gonna do it?" So finally, I cranked it out like earlier this week and got it done. And <clears throat> every evening, like when like everybody's getting a little sleepy and like the dogs are going on their evening runs, we're trying to get our last couple training sessions in. We just turn all the lights off except the Christmas lights, and it's just like we're training dogs under this like twinkle. You know, just like Christmassy, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Everybody just gets the lights that are icicles. Yeah. I'll usually put on like the Charlie Brown Christmas special album, which is just one of the most moody, perfect albums. If you want to just really chill. And it's a it's a whole ass vibe. Mm -hmm. And then other times it's like, you know, it's summer and it's like a perfect 75 degree day out. And we'll just be inside, and it's like a dungeon, and the vibes are just nowhere near as good. Yeah, it's a cold, air conditioned dungeon. It's like I don't want to do this. No, like I should probably now. Now you got me thinking. I want to do like a probably like a Nutcracker type vibe, mm. where I'll have that leather recliner, <clears throat> maybe some classical music playing. Yeah, and then, oh yeah. We're talking. I should. I'm going to ask my employees what kind of decorations they want. We we'll put a bunch of plants up though plants. to make it feel like more of a homey type environment. I like it. 
And uh, at first I was like, yeah, this is going to be sweet. There's going to be cool plants. It's going to be look good. And then I think every dog that's coming is like, oh, I'm going to piss on that. Oh, I'm yeah. going to piss on that. I'm like, yeah. oh, all right. Thanks. Appreciate you. Not exactly how I thought it would go, but yeah, thanks. Literally just walked in today to do this, and I was like, is that piss on my plant? Yeah. Sure enough. And it's not really easy to clean a plant of piss. No. It, it's it's mopping a pot is... It, yeah. I just I don't know. Well, listen, like, man. Why so... can't I have nice things? <laughs> we can't, because we train dogs. Um, That's right. So how okay so la, I, you know it's been a little while since we talked last I think last time we talked you had somewhat recently gotten your facility you were doing some marketing and stuff like that I think you had just got mm-hmm. like your first employee at that point so how many employees do you have there now like how's the uh, how's the operation been going uh it's great I just so I have two employees mm-hmm. two trainers they are wonderful they make this thing run because. Uh, as you know, when you are owning a facility, most of your time is spent doing the administration part. At least that's what I'm doing at this point, doing a whole lot of admin part. Like I'll, if, a, if there's a night where I'm closing the shop, I'm basically on my phone or emailing people yeah. or, or typing something or figuring something out here. And then I also have a, a grooming room. So I have a contracted groomer and she basically just pays me a rent for the grooming room and we've got dogs coming in and out. And then we'll have, um, I'm actually just posted a couple ads for a kennel attendant because we're now reaching that point where it's like, I need my trainers to keep training the dogs. And like, yeah. if a dog goes to the bathroom in the kennel, I can't have you spending the 30 minutes to take the dog out, wash the dog, clean yeah. the crate, then get back to it. And then, you know, then it's like, now you got to close the building. So trying to find that, which has been, um, fun, yeah. but we should, I did, I was going to reach out to you about the marketing thing. Cause I, I hired a, a marketing firm here in Buffalo Yeah, and they, I hired, I did like their basic package where you just get like a couple deliverables. Like, you know, we'll do a TikTok reel for you and like an Instagram reel. We'll, we'll do a post on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, cool. No problem. Like, that sounds great. That was my first deliverable. So it was actually when Forrest was in town. Um, Forrest was going to go head up to Albany to, he was doing something with Tom yeah, Davis right. up there yeah. and he, he stopped, he stayed in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's right around when I talked to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So Forrest is here and I was like, Oh, this is cool. It's like Forrest, you want to help me be like being this TikTok reel and like Instagram reel. We'll just like hang out at a cafe. So like the goal of the whole first thing was like the Elmwood village in Buffalo is like the cool area where all the cool people hang out and it's like a walking strip with shops and shit like that. And yeah. there's people with their dogs and it's out of control. All the dogs are out of control, whatever. There's a little park nearby. So Forrest and I were like just hanging out at a cafe, did a little demo with the dogs. And like, I really wanted to show like the, the reliability of the training we offer. Like, look, we can sit at a cafe with our dogs. They lay down. Yeah. We can put our feet up and drink coffee and it doesn't matter when dogs walk by, blah, blah, blah. And then there's another cool place on the street called the beer keep where you can drink beer. So I was like, let's walk down there. And it's literally half a block away. So I was like, well, let's dem- like check out this reliability. I can take my dogs off leash and walk down the street for two minutes while we go from one place to the other. And um, then we did some stuff in the park and like it turned, the video looked cool. It was great. Like the dogs were doing great. All the dogs performed well. 
And then they posted it, and I was so pumped. I was like, yeah. I was like, this shit looks great. My dogs are listening perfectly. They're being calm, cool. And literally the first comment is, oh, that's the guy who does bite work in public parks. <laughs> and then the second comment was like, what kind of asshole walks their dog off leash on Homewood? <laughs> that's fucking dangerous. And I'm like, and then I was like, holy shit. Like, this is started. This is going poorly. Yeah. Uh, so like those that then that started to become like a whole thing, like oh, and I'm thinking to myself like, when the hell would I have like when did I do bite work in a public park? Like I don't put on my bite suit in the middle of the fucking <laughs> farmer's market and have my melon jamming up on me, like. What? So I was like, you know, I'm re- so I'm debating, and Forrest is like, man, you just gotta let that shit go, and I was like, not nah, dude, fuck go. that. You don't tell me I'm doing this when I'm not doing this. And uh, so then Forrest is like, well, just start hashtagging everything bite work everywhere. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then like it, this one dude in particular was like, my dog was attacked by dogs off leash on Elmwood. So you shouldn't be having your dogs off leash. I don't care. It's so dangerous. I'm like, dude, like I'm just trying to demonstrate how reliable the training is. And like, look, my dogs have also been attacked by dogs off leash. So like, it's cool. I get it. I understand. Like, if you want, come to the facility and I'll socialize your dog for free. Like, just come on in. Like, come check <laughs> out my shit and see what I do. I'll help you. I'm not here to just be a dickhead and encourage people to take their dogs off leash on a public street. I'm just showing you that the reliability of the training is there. Mm-hmm. And then it just it devolved even farther from there. Whereas I had a post and then someone, someone was like, e-collars and prong collars doesn't pass the vibe check. And that's... <sighs> And my response was like, cool, I don't want to pass your fucking vibe check anyway. <laughs> and then I was like, all right, I got to stop because I can't get involved in this. Dude, it's Take it too personally like that. you get shit like that. And, then, and it happens from all ends. So, like, we had this girl on a couple times. Uh, her, her name's Taylor. She owns a company of Proper Paws out in Utah, which is, like, basically, a, it, she's, like, pretty much a force-free trainer, mm-hmm. right? Like, she uses some halties, but, like, she, she advertises yeah. herself. She is a hardcore force-free trainer, right? Super cool, whatever. I remember her sending me a uh, screenshot one time because she like she like blew up on Instagram. She got like a hundred some thousand followers and everything, and and she has people that comment on her shit and Ooh, shit. still give her hate, right? So like she had a video of like her personal dogs, and I think she had a slip lead on one of them or something, like because she's like walking it into her house, you know. Um, and somebody commented on it saying, <laughs> saying that we thought you were a force free trainer. Don't you know that like slip leads are abusive and <laughs> choke dogs and this and that and blah, blah. And it's like, you just learn anytime you post anything, there's going to be somebody that finds something, but that always kills me when it's like you post something and you're like, man, this one's going to be fucking good, you know? <laughs> and then it just, it just explodes. Man. Yeah. And- <laughs> blows up in your face and i'm just like yeah, yeah. this is cool yeah. it's like this isn't how i plan on that going yeah it's but i mean we can we then uh the dude that one instagram account dog training is my passion oh yeah, i don't know yeah. if you follow that dude i, I don't follow him um, i'm talking about i yeah he his new thing is to just put people on blast like He'll be like, he was like working one of his Malinois. He was like, you know, he's a helper and he was working one of his dogs. And someone was like, oh, like a real trainer would get that dog out by using food. Or, and he's just like, what? He's like, dude, what are you talking about, man? He's like, have you ever done any helper work? Have you ever done any ring sport? And he goes, I don't know what ring sports are, but all I know is that you need, and it's like, okay, let's just stop here. Let's stop. You don't know what you're talking But he just puts them on blast and it's, it's my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Like, 
So that's been my new thing too, is like, if you post something, if you like, I'm sure you get dumb messages all the time on Instagram or something else. Like, Oh, here we're doing an e-collar session. Like I was doing an e-collar session with a deaf dog and I like, I recorded a whole series about it and people are like, how could you be putting an e-collar on a deaf dog and just electrocuting him for doing the wrong thing? And I was like, did you, you listen to the video where I'm talking about teaching the dog that the vibration means to look at me and pay attention to me. We haven't actually stimulated the dog in two weeks. Like, no, that's cool. Dude, it's, I've beat up on deaf dogs, Dave. That's what we do. (laughs) I struggle sometimes with the, like, so you're talking like this guy that like puts people on blast. Like he'll get like somebody that comments something absolutely ridiculous and like make a whole thing out of it. Dude. I feel like every comment we get, I can make like a whole production out of as far as like talking about just how ridiculous the thing that this person said actually is. (laughs) But I struggle with this, like not getting too petty about stuff, you know? Because, like, I've been on some trainers' pages before where all it is is them, like, defending themselves against, like, like, like comments and, like, accusations of, like, abuse and neglect and stuff like that. And that's kind of daunting as well, you know? It's yeah. like, it, you know who's somebody that I feel like has kind of fallen into that trap lately is, like, Sean O'Shea. If you go on his page, it's a lot of him, like, screen-grabbing comments on his page oh. and then being, like well, this ideology is so bad because blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of become this, like, you're no longer talking about the work you're doing. You're just kind of arguing all day long with people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big you're thing. You're uh, arguing uh, philosophy and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right? Like, that's that's what I feel like those arguments are philosophy. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it is philosophy-based arguments, and it's like, you know, there's there's no true concrete like right or wrong to any of them either you know so it's like nobody's gonna win the conversation and then your page just gets filled with negativity all the time Mm -hmm. what were you gonna say Uh, i was just gonna say um the big one that we had blow up was the this tiktok that we made of this this girl came up to like shadow him and he did a nail trim video with her malinois right yeah it was a malinois malinois yeah and you know he's just drama queen yeah drama queen hold the paw and she's like and dude, the <laughs> the freaking comments exploded are, for like a week and a yeah, half straight. Like, like I was like, okay, you know, usually it's like, oh, these bunch of idiots, but th- they went extra idiotic yeah. on that. And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, have we de like devolved that much that these people yeah. are really commenting like the stupid shit on here? I don't know. It's just like. If you if you like really do focus on it, you will lose your fucking mind. You yeah, hundred percent can. And then you look at somebody like like oh uh, yeah. You look at somebody that like could be a really controversial figure. Uh, uh, here's an example. You know, you know the dog daddy. I fucking love the dog. Dude, daddy. okay. Let <laughs> I me mean, tell I you. Love his, before you go, like wears Gucci, before you go any Gucci further, Gucci tracksuits and shit. Dude, like, that's what's the up. the dog daddy is coming on the podcast next week. Oh, I'm man, dropping it here awesome. right now for everybody. I'm, I've got him locked in. He's locked I'm in to come so on the podcast excited next for that. week, dude. It's going to be awesome. And I got him locked in for an hour and a half, too. Fuck, so it's going to be so good. So whatever. So you look at somebody like him Amazing. who is like a very controversial figure in the dog world, right? For for whatever. you know. And, and frankly, I'll tell you right. truthfully, and this is Absolutely. what I'm excited to talk with him about. I don't really see why. I just think he's a really raw dog trainer. Whatever. So um, he, you know, if you go in his comment section on stuff like, at least 65% of any of the comments he gets, and, and he has like over, well over a million followers at this point, right? Um, are people just bashing him and talking mm-hmm. shit, calling him an abuser and this and that, right? And 
you know, once you get to that tier where it's like you have this many followers, you have to just ignore all that stuff. Like there's no way you're going to go through and reply to hundreds of thousands of people and have these petty little arguments with it. So it's like on a smaller scale, you know, this is something I fight with back and forth is like, I want to be able to like debate all these people. And I'm okay with a little bit of healthy debate here and there. If somebody's open to having at least a somewhat polite conversation Mm -hmm. about something um, that at least isn't like saying like, Oh, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. Right. If you just want to debate, well, why didn't you do it this way or something like that? Like I'll have that conversation with you, but like, yeah, dude, we have to like, we For just sure. got to learn that like, that's just a part of the game and that's a part of social media, you know, and you got to be able to just kind of tune it out. I think, yeah, that's part of why I kind of like, I'll get in these modes where I'm like, let's make some videos, let's record this, let's push on that. And, uh, you know, I, I, let's, I want to make a note about going back to dog daddy. Cause like, <laughs> I, I agree a hundred percent with you on that. But, uh, so like one of the first things I did was, um, I know Josh does your production. You do a lot of the video for Dave, right? You do most of the recording and stuff. He does all the work. podcast stuff. Yeah, I do all the podcast so I got, stuff. Now. I got a, oh, okay. two girls at the shop um, that do the in-facility stuff. Oh, okay. Um, I think because I think when I was there, I think you were just you yes. had your you were shooting a lot. Yeah, I think you because you record. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I recorded like a. I wanted to offer some sort of like I wanted to have a, a, a revenue stream, right? So I recorded a, a little leash work DVD, right? So I recorded. <laughs> an hour's worth of prong collar and leash work instruction. Like the shit's all available for free online. I get it. Yeah. But I wanted it to be like highly like produced very well. Um, you know, I have professional camera equipment. I'm a photographer sort of, um, I've never really done video, but I figured it out and it looks great. I put it up on Vimeo Vimeo for like 35 bucks figure like, dude, cause I don't know if you've ever been on open dog training on Reddit. No. Um, but like, that'll make you want to fucking kill yourself. It's so bad. Um, but they're, they're open to usage of prong collars and e-collars. Um, and I was like, well, this will be a perfect spot because every other day there's a post of like, how do I start my dog on a prong collar? Like, I don't want to put a prong collar on my dog. How do I do it? How do I fit it? And so I was like, dude, I'll just make this post. I'll put it up there. It's 35 bucks for an hour. It's in the video. I'm literally taking board and trains out of the crate who have never been on a leash before. Yeah. All from a dog from a Pomeranian to a giant pity who gets so torqued up when a car goes by. And I'm like, I'm doing the leash work raw right there. No edits. Just like mm-hmm. I'm doing the work right there. Like I'm talking you through it. And it was just, it did not go over well as under, you know, <laughs> unfortunately expected. I thought it would have been sweet. Like dude, 35 bucks to learn how to walk your dog on a leash. Right. Yeah. Like uh, your whatever the minimum investment is to work for like work with Miracle Canine, I bet you you're not you're not getting out of bed for thirty five bucks to show someone how to train their dog. No, I'm certainly not getting out of bed for that <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, no, you gotta you want me to teach you how to train your dog? It's gonna be nine hundred fifty bucks for bare minimum. Like yeah. that's how it works. So like, here's thirty five bucks. Figure it out. And it just it they were like, oh, why would you use a prong collar this way? Blah 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 blah. Like, this is not the way I would do it. This is the way I would do it. And then then it became – then. so I am a petty princess. Let me get that out of the way. Like, I am the most petty princess. There I is. have that built um, in me as well. So, someone, so you're, in, you're in good company. Oh, yeah. Uh, the thing that, that, got, that made me fly off the handle was like, you know, someone – you need to learn – you need to go see a professional trainer to teach you how to use a leash. May I recommend Tyler Muto? And there's a guy named Josh Moran. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. You don't even. I was like, okay. 
okay. I was like, hey, here's something you might not know, but like those people taught me how to train dogs. Like <laughs> I worked with them extensively. Like I had dinner with them every for, day for, for the years. audience, just because we and, just had Tyler on, and obviously we're Tyler fans here. Um, that is not Josh, or that is not Dave digging on him. That is him just saying that's literally where he learned no, the no, information no. from. And they're trying to say, "Fuck yeah. this guy!" You should go to him instead when it's probably the same information. <laughs> yeah. Yes. To be clear, yes. Tyler is one of the best leash handlers yeah. there is, and Josh Brand, the, he's not super well known, and like. He doesn't have that same kind of following, but like Tyler and Josh are two insanely, yeah, very, very incredibly good, yeah. good dog trainers. And those are the, those are the two I came up <laughs> under. So when you're telling me I need to go learn how to handle a leash from them, I'll look back and you're think like, of my I lessons. I did already. Basically <laughs> yeah. just, I did. I literally say the same things that, that they said during <laughs> lessons, right? Like I used I had private lessons where Tyler would just Tyler and Josh would sit there in the corner and just stare at me for an hour <laughs> while I'm doing these private lessons. And like, yeah, dude, like, I, trust me, I know how to handle it. Anyway, dog daddy. Let's get into dog daddy. First of all, his style, impeccable. Dude. Right? Like, the suits, the track suits. I need to get on that <laughs> I'm shit. I'm just so one. excited. Except I don't want to get my track suits bit. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, you know, I mean, he's literally wearing these like Gucci and Louis Vuitton tracksuits all over these classes. Well, and like, listen, like he's doing some raw training where these dogs are trying to get at his ass. Right. And they're biting at him. And he actually posted a reel the other day. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It was like it was like aggressive dog rips my Gucci or something <laughs> like that. There's a dog that jumped up and like tagged his like elbow, and, like ripped the sleeve. <laughs> Rip my Gucci. I'm just so excited. I'm yeah. I'm just so excited to talk to the guy because, like, again, like he's he's been around for a very long time, right? I remember back when he was a gust of the dog trainer before he like totally transformed to dog daddy, right? And I remember when he blew up because he had that video mm -hmm. of like him walking like ten German shepherds like off leash down like Manhattan or something like that, you know. Yep. So I don't know, man. Yeah. And and the whole brand that he's created around himself, and he's he's just like a he's like a mystery figure. Like I just don't I don't know who he like. Right. Who is like, the what, dog who daddy? are you? You know what I mean? Like I want to know like you? how much of this is like a conscious decision to be like I'm playing literally a character right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm curious. I don't yeah. Know. Like that's yeah. I'm really excited to hear you talk to him because then. I remember too in that that video of him coming out walking all these dogs off leash, yeah. and and everyone was like, "Ooh, that's so fucking sexy. That's hot. Why can't I find a man?" And then I wonder if you tell people like, "Now that dude is actually this dude yeah. wearing the Gucci tracksuits." <laughs> if they'd feel the same way, but also, I you know, like you said, he's a I think he's a raw dog trainer. But like the stuff he posts is the stuff that personally I generally don't post because. I don't want that backlash, yeah. right? Because yeah. like, I, I you don't post a lot of that stuff either. Because, but that shit happens. Yeah. And I don't. It's I've, well, obviously, I think it's very unfair for people to be like, like, why are you being so abusive and you're being rough yeah. with these dogs? And it's like, have you ever had to hold a German Shepherd away from you on a six foot leash so it doesn't yeah. fucking tear you apart? Cool. Have you ever had like? Put someone in a bite suit and let a, someone's Malinois just bite on the bite suit just so you could feel what it's like yeah. to get bit by a dog with protection on. And then imagine that without the protection on. Yeah, I mean, listen, like we right? could... Like you, you don't really have a choice. Yeah. 
we, we could sit here and like a, like agree or disagree all day long about like everybody's methods out there. Like half these people I talk to, this is the thing, right? Like, you know, we posted, a, I don't do a lot of them, but we posted another like reaction video the other day to um, that Beckman dog training guy. I don't know if you've seen him around YouTube. Same deal. He's got like, you know, 400,000 subs um, or something like that. He does a lot of socialization stuff with his dog Prince, which is like a Doberman no. and Whatever, go watch some of his videos when you have a couple minutes. And I watched them, and it's okay. it's very of yeah, yeah. the it's very of the mindset of of listen. I I follow a lot of this stuff myself of like let the dogs kind of figure their shit out, right? So like his dog Prince, like he uses his, like his yeah. helper dog and lets him like go and basically like discipline these dogs for being assholes more or less, right? And he kind of shows it and and watches it. And if you were to just like turn the audio off and watch these videos. I really don't have any problem with any of it. And listen, the other thing, too, I want everybody to realize as they're listening to these podcasts is, like, what the fuck does my opinion matter? You know what I mean? Like, me saying, like, I don't have a problem with it or this or that. This is just, this is my David the Dog Trainer with, you know, 13,000 Instagram followers and, like, 3,000 YouTube subs, which is dick in comparison to all these other people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like this is just my sure. two cents that I'm throwing out there. And the only reason why I'm throwing it out there is for the sake of conversation. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You hear that? Did you hear that? I did hear that. We have a little buzzing going on right now. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. Oof. No, can't have that. That's. Oh, no. Yeah, and the, but you're right. It's like I always tell people the same thing. Know. Like, who the fuck am I? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm just a dude who trains dogs, and I know a lot about it because I do it a lot. Yeah. You know, it, it's. Yeah. But I'm gonna check that dude out. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see that. You, I like those reaction videos that you do, though. Can you hear? I, can yeah. you hear that? The Zach George on one end? got me fucking laughing. Can you hear that buzzing on your end? No. All right, hold on, it's just driving me crazy nope. for a second there. Stop. Stop. Okay, I think we might be good. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 what does my opinion matter, right? So, like, I'm reacting to these videos, and and frankly, I I straight up said in the video, like, there was a couple times where I was like, ah, oh, that's stupid, you know. Like, I watched something, and I'm like, you know, my my just like instinctual reaction, I watched, I was like, well, that's no, that that was kind of dumb what you just did there, you know, in my opinion, whatever. But at the end of it, you know, it's like, yeah. listen, like, I don't have any problem with the training. My issue wound up being with like the commentary that he put over the training. I just didn't really think it was accurate to what was actually happening in the video. And again, that's just my two cents and i got all these freaking beck and, and again i thought i was pretty polite about it i wasn't really like bashing on him too much or anything like that it was just kind of hey this is my opinion on the training i get all these beckman super fans that are coming on and like literally <laughs> this one person's just like you're wrong i've watched every single one of his youtube videos he's ever put out and you're wrong and i'm just like <laughs> i i don't even know if there's anything to be right or wrong about <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, like it's it's just one of those things where it's like, but but back to like, you know, Dog Daddy and all these other guys. Like, I don't, like all these people, right? Dog Daddy, right? There, there's plenty of things that I watch in his videos that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I would necessarily do it that way or I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. But it's one of those much. things. much. Yeah, it's, you know, a bit much here and there. But like, then you could look at it from his perspective of like his format that he sells is he goes and travels around the world, right? And does these pop-up seminars places where it's like, yo, bring mm -hmm. your you know, 17 people bring your dog to this park and I'll just one at a time roll through and work with each one of them, right? So when you're in that type of a format and you don't have the luxury of having weeks with the dog or tons of sessions with the dog, it's kind of of the mentality of we're just going to get shit done right now. And though I don't do that all the time because we make people sign up for like a bare like minimum of X amount of sessions with us where I know I'm going to be able to take my time with things. On the contrary, there's right. people that can sign up for 
virtual consults and I do one virtual consult and they come to be because their dog is like getting into the trash can or jumping on the counter or this or that. And it's literally just, let's just get this done. Just correct the dog, right? Go buy an e-collar, put it on the dog and correct the dog when they do that. And it's yep. like plenty of people can look at that and be like, how could you recommend that? You know, they're going to put an e-collar on the dog without having any sort of other training and just correct for behavior and not teach anything and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, we work with the time we have. We work with the investment the client wants to make in the dog. And with that time and with that client situation, we come up with a solution for those plans. And that's it. And that's what he's doing, you know, and more power to him for it. And if you look at his testimonials and stuff like that, that's the other thing that I look at. Like the dude has happy clients, right? Uh, in addition to the 50% or 60% of people that don't know who he is that are bashing him on these like million views, 2 million views, 3 million view videos, the dude has hundreds of thousands of comments of people like, oh my God, your page is so inspiring. Or we came to your seminar and your methods helped. And it was like an immediate transformation with our dogs and this and that. And it's like, that's what, that's the only thing that I care about with this kind of stuff. For the dog trainer side of us, I like going and debating and critiquing and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Cause I think it's fun. Right. And I think it's a way to kind of challenge ourselves to be able to dissect training and see what we like and don't like about it. But past that, from the standpoint of like top down, like trainer, client right all i care about is if the people are happy that's it that's the number one question i ask my employees after they've sent home a dog they do a final lesson or they do a private lesson i go how did the dog do and they'll be like i think they did mediocre and then the next question the question that really matters is did they seem happy yeah. oh they said they were so happy they were so ecstatic Beautiful. Great. Sometimes dogs don't perform really great in final lessons because they're just so fucking torqued up for seeing their owner again. Because they haven't seen them in three, four weeks. And they're just like, fuck you, I don't want to do work. But, listen, if the client's incredibly happy about what happened, great. But also, like, the, the dog, the dog, the, that dog, oh my God, so dog, daddy, dogs, Jesus. The amount, the dogs that dog, daddy is dealing with are dogs that I would personally be like, yeah, I'm going to need that dog for a month. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm going to need that dog for a month. Yeah. And like you said, you had a conversation with Jeff Gelman, I remember, in your podcast, we were talking about just sometimes you just need to get that initial correction out of the way to let the dog know that, look, we just don't accept that. Yeah. Like, you just cannot try and attack me. You yeah. cannot try and attack a dog. Let's fucking correct it and get it over with. Yeah. And since then, I've, I've started to kind of do that a little bit more like you know you had a conversation about the bonk on one of your podcasts and i first yeah. you know at this hey, point dave, in my dave. career this is going to sound like a hey, shit dave. thing but like i hey dave yeah let me i yeah i think the noise is yep. coming from your end it's getting really really loud can you potentially try okay. without your headphones is that is it too loud to do that i'm just curious if it's going to stop because it's only happening when you're talking let me all right, yeah, this is gonna work way better. Grab that mic real quick, Josh. All right, we're getting real fancy now. Well, okay. if when you screen record it, it'll do the audio too. Well, let's try this just in case. Okay. Hang on, hang on. This is now we're getting fancy with things. Uh oh. Yeah, now we are. Now, oh shit! Now I'm pushing buttons on my phone. Oh yeah, here we go. Okay, hold up. Maybe. Technical difficulties. Maybe we're watching. Yeah, Maybe him. we're working. All right, you're paused on your end. Hello. We can hear you. <laughs> there we go. Huh? Can, can, can something work? Yeah, all right. Here, I hear you pretty well now. Okay, there we go. 
Yeah. Sick. There we go. <laughs> All right. Sweet. This nope. is gonna this is gonna work better, I think. Okay. Works for me. Alright, sweet. Okay, so what <laughs> Alright, so, so this is, this is so ridiculous. It is a little bit. It is so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so so you were saying something about the Jeff Gelman and the Bonker. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, as saying, at some point, I we we take in so much information and so many different styles of training that we almost forget to can use in which ways we can go about things. Yeah. Uh, at least in my brain, I do. Um, when talking about the bonk. And just correcting the dog and getting it out of the way first, I was like, oh, man, like, why don't I do that sometimes, right? So just had a Weimaraner in that would just lose her mind when people would come in. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and bonk her. I'm going to see what that does. And literally just first day she was in, she's on place. Grooming client comes in. She starts fucking losing her mind. One bonk, done. I was like, oh, well, look at that. Works out pretty well. Yeah, it's... Yeah, so I, I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think you get it, in it and now I'm trying to wrap my brain around where, where the conversation started and how we were tying all this into it, but I think we hit a point where it's like, you know, we need to we need to start looking at how are we going to be able to get these results for this client a little bit in a way that's going to be a little bit quicker and a little bit easier for them to kind of grasp a hold of stuff, you know? And sometimes by just getting in and stopping all that stuff, just so that we could finally start to make some headway with the training and not have to spend a week like dilly-dallying around some of those behaviors, the learning is just going to happen so much faster, right? We had a dog we were working with yesterday, I think, uh, in a board and train, and we were teaching the recall, and the dog's got some like real anxiety issues, and the dog was just like, trying to crawl all over the other trainer that I had like in the room with me. Right. Like mm-hmm. I would say come and the dog would basically turn to her and just like climb onto the chair, like in her lap. Right. And it was like, you know, I know this dog is going to try to do this with the owner once it goes home. You know what I mean? I know this dog is going to try to, when I give that come command, do the same exact thing with her, unless I go in and actually stop this behavior now and teach the dog, hey, that thing you're trying to do on like a more minor scale with this trainer, you're definitely not going to get away with when the owner comes, you know, next time. So same deal. We went in and we kind of stopped that behavior. We corrected for it. And then, you know, for the next two minutes, maybe the dog was like a little bit reserved. It's like, I just got corrected for something. I'm not sure what I can do now. And then we just spent the next like five minutes building the dog back up with treats and it was fine. And we had the benefit of one, we had a really reliable come command that the dog was motivated to do by the end of the session. And two, the dog had a great learning opportunity of this is something you're just not allowed to do right now. And it worked out perfectly fine. And yeah, I'm, I'm all for that stuff at this point. I, it's funny. The, the thing that I, I've been stressing a lot to clients and to my, my employees too, because I feel like as, as a trainer and a business owner, I have to make sure, I mean, I'm teaching everybody all the time, right? But one of the things that I try, I try and make it things as simple as possible, right? Because dog training is what, taking these really complex things and breaking them down into small bite-sized pieces. At least that's in my brain what I thought of. That's what I was always told yeah. um, for and also, as like an aside, my background is in education. Like I used to be an English teacher. I have a master's degree in education, so education has been my my 
career path since the beginning, but also something I rely heavily upon and I love doing. Um, You just got to just let the dog know it just can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you just you literally just can't do that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not even, I'm not sorry. Half the time it's just like, you just can't bite people. Yeah. Half the time you just can't piss on my plants. <laughs> and, you know, just, you just can't do that. Yeah. 100%. And that's, that's, that's been a thing that's been wildly successful too. When I like you try and leave my, my clients with little mottos, you know, you know, Chad Mackin always had his like little, he always has these little sayings. Like Chad Mackin is the master of posting little tidbits about like, I don't know, profound sayings and I'll never pretend to be a profound human being or have these incredibly profound messages. And I think Sean Shades does a lot of that too, which 100%. is, yeah. Yeah. Which to me at some point is like, dude, who cares? Just train a fucking dog. Um, but <laughs> th- my profoundness is like, just don't let them do that. Yeah. And they're like, well, how? And I'm like, and literally any way you can. Yeah. Um, but most of the time it's, well, use the leash. Right. You know, use a leash, use an e-collar. It's like you get, you're given the tools and we're giving you the tools to make your dog successful. Mm-hmm. And I think that where me and my training staff really excel is, I don't want to say hounding the client, but like stressing to the point and making it incredibly imperatively clear that this is a situation that you are in control of all the time and you cannot let the dog do this. That's all. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if you live, if you have learned nothing in the past four months or four weeks of working with me and your dog, don't just don't forget that. I think the point that you just said about like, you truly are in control of everything is so important. You know, I think uh, a lot of people, want to make so many excuses for why they can't get their dog to do something when all of these things, dude, I mean, I, I did a, a phone call with a guy yesterday, I believe, and he wants to sign his three dogs up for boarding trains, but he wants to do it like two first, then the third, like after the other two get home. And I was like, yeah, we could do that. I was like, what are your issues? And he's like, well, the third one, I mean, his first two had issues. He's like, yeah, I want to do board and train, whatever. I was like, that's fine. The third one is just like a young dog that's having accidents all over the house. And he's like, I want to do a board and train. And I just told him, I was like, this isn't a dog problem. You know what I mean? Like your dog having accidents all over your house is virtually 100% of the time a supervision problem and it's your fault and you're in control of that and you could Mm -hmm. within a week make sure that doesn't happen again but you have to accept the fact that you are in control of that behavior, right? Because he was trying to say like, oh, well, the dog's doing it because he's mad or he's doing it because he's, he's anxious or upset with me or spiteful or something like that. I was like, it just doesn't work that way, right? And even if he, even if <laughs> yeah. he did, you know, even if the dog was mad that you were leaving the house or mad that you were going into your office for an hour so it decided it needed to have an accent because it was mad that still is something you're totally in control of because it means that regardless of if they're mad or anxious or just doing it because they're a puppy they're still just doing it because you're allowing them to do it because you're not supervising them you know Mm. in anything even like like off-leash dogs is a common one i think a lot of people say that they truly don't have control over and that one i'm empathetic to to an extent you know like You know, to an extent, yes, you can't control if an off-leash dog sprints out of a house at you while you're out on a walk. What are you doing over there? Right. What am I doing? Are you just licking your wallet? 
Yeah, there's a loose thread over here, and it's pissing me off. Look at over. I was like, it's like munching on his wallet. We can see everything, man. <laughs> munching on my wallet, bro. I love it. Um, but yeah, so you know, off leash dogs. Even though, like, yes, the one out of ten times that it happens where it truly is out of nowhere is kind yeah. of a not your fault, out of your control situation. But a lot of the nine out of 10 times that I see it happen at parks or in public spaces and stuff like that, it's always happening in an area that you know is predominantly where people let their dogs run off leash and play. You know what I mean? So we could, if we're going into that area, knowing, like there's a couple places around us, a couple parks that are like the quote unquote, like dog park, you know? And Mm -hmm. If we go into those areas knowing that this place is where people take their dogs to run and play off-leash, the probability of an off-leash dog running up to me is so much higher than if I were to just be walking through the neighborhood or walking in a populated park that is very strict about their leash laws or something like that. So you can control it by just avoiding those areas. And a lot of people are like, well, well, I don't want to have to avoid those areas. It's like, yeah, but you could, you know, what's what's the give and take of it of like, you know, I don't want to have to have my off-leash dogs run up to my dog, but I don't want to avoid certain areas. It's like, well, which one is worse? You avoiding an area or off-leash dogs running up to you all the time? And you have to be able to have that conversation with yourself and admit that I can control making sure this probably doesn't happen at the risk of me just maybe not doing all the things that I want to do. That is... My that, that's the thing. I just made a gesture of shaking my hands because I don't know if people are going to see that. But yeah, like I don't want to do that. Well, look, I, I understand you might not want to, but again, you have this choice. Wait, weigh it out, yeah. right? And that's um, the thing. Being empathetic to a client is. I feel like it gets more difficult as the longer we do this because we have this knowledge of like, well, yeah, like sometimes dog training is as simple as just like, don't put your dog in that situation. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the dog barking out the window, you have your couch in front of a window, your dog barks in front of the wind, like barks out the window while sitting on the couch. Like, okay, save yourself a thousand dollars and just move the couch. Yeah. Right. Um, but one thing that, that, I really, I've been crying really hard to do is that when people are like, oh yeah, you're really just training the owners. And yeah, we are training the owners. We're training the owners to make better choices. We're also doing a lot of work with the dogs. So the dogs can also make better choices. Um, I always try and make sure I try and tell clients like, like with the bat going to the bathroom in the house, like, yes, it is your fault, but you just don't know any better. And how can I be mad at you for not knowing any better? Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. You see a lot of trainers just bagging on people because like, well, it's just so simple. Like, why are clients so dumb? And it's like, well, it's they just don't think the way we think because their life isn't surrounded by what we are surrounding our lives with. Like we yeah. deal with these same similar problems all the time. And I got when you were getting your talking about getting attacked by all the Beckman guys, I started getting attacked by Tom Davis's crew of like lovers like the dudes that are hanging on him because um, like Tom does a really good job of marketing his, his, his shtick and his whole thing, you know, his no bad dogs crew, whatever, like I'll fight you. There are bad dogs. Sorry, homie. Um, <laughs> like, like I will fight you on that and I will win. Um, 
but it, it's he posted a video recently and it was like this dog's out of control and it's all the owner's fault like that was the the uh the caption on the video and i'm sure the owner knew it was partly her fault that the dog was out of the out of control yeah right because you raised it that way but and i said hey i posed i just posed i was like hey dude like as trainers i think we gotta do better about making sure we're not putting people on blast on social media because like the dude's got like tons of yeah way billion more followers than i'll ever have which is again you know okay cool whatever i don't care um and and then everyone was just like you know, sometimes people need to hear that and that's what they need to say. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. But that's a private discussion you have with the client paying you that money. Yeah. Right. I know, I know my client, one of my clients, well, some of my, most of my clients wouldn't be pumped if I posted a thing on Instagram of their dog and them. And it was like, your dog's out of control and it's their fault. Yeah. And then, you know, then he, then he got in and was like, Hey bro, it's just the internet. Don't take things so personally. And I'm like, man, I don't, I, oof. If there's one thing I don't take personally, it's your shit. But I just, I feel like it, like let's, that's one thing that Tyler really read. Like one thing I learned a lot with, from Tyler was like, we have to change the culture of training and trainers. Cause that's one thing, you know, you've talked to Tyler a ton, you know, Tyler well, that's what he's always been about is trying to change the culture of dog training and trying to change the, the training, the way trainers interact with clients. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was like that. I, I would never usually post on any other dog trainers thing like that and say, and like criticize their thing because obviously I'm opening up myself for criticism, which, you know, I'm a sensitive boy. I'm wearing a leopard print comfy for Christ's sake. But <laughs> I, I, I just had to, I like, it's something compelled me to be like, dude, don't, you shouldn't be calling clients out for marketing. And he's like, it's just for the internet. And I'm like, I don't really give a shit if it's just for the internet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just not, it's not sweet. It's not mm. cash money to do that. Yeah. And, uh, like, I wouldn't do that. I would, like, I'll call a client out if I, I do this all the time. Like, if I see a client walking down the street and they're doing something wrong that I've taught them, I'll pull over and be like, hey, <laughs> is that the way I showed you how to walk a dog? I've done that a few times. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's not cool. But then one of the followers was like, Tom's got hundreds of thousands of followers and you got 3,000. I was like, okay, that has nothing to do with this conversation. Yeah. But, you know. I think the point of the the, the owners and like, you know, again, we know – we know most of these things are owners' faults, right? We know most of the yeah. problems are the fault of the owner. But like, yeah, you know, especially when you have a big following, you posting things like that. Like, I've had clients even that I've posted videos of their dog and things that I've done, and I've had you know people come and explode on our page again. You know, random force free this that. You know, you guys are doing such a terrible job, and and you're abusing dogs and this and that. Blah blah blah. And then owners come on and they see that and they get so upset by that, right? They take it so personally because it's their dog, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Then tack on to that, if there was a huge amount of people going on being like, gosh, yeah, that person really should have known that. They're so dumb for making this happen in the first place, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> of course they're going to take that personally, you know? Because when I have to like really lay into somebody and be like, yo, listen, like you really are screwing this up right now and you really got to get it together with things, which we have to have those conversations from time to time with people. 
there's yep. a there's a degree of personalness that goes into it when I'm talking to them, right? Mm-hmm. And this like, hey, we're together <laughs> right now. And you can see that I'm not angry at you, right? I'm just trying to help you through this. And when something like that goes on and it's like I make a video with like a clickbait title or something like that talking about this owner totally screwed this dog up or something, it becomes clear then at that point that this is no longer about you. It's about me marketing your basically stupidity for the sake of views, that yeah. call out mm-hmm. for clout, and that yeah. yeah, that and that didn't sit well with me because like yeah, dude, you I was when I was with you, I, I came up there a couple of years ago for for those obviously I don't think we've talked about, it, but whatever, you were having we you had to have that discussion with someone because they dropped off a Shiba Inu which I'll like never forget because like uh, for those of you listening if you're dog trainers you know the Shiba screen or if you own Shiba Inus. But you had to have that conversation with someone, and it's a personal conversation that you had yeah. with the owner, not for hundreds of thousands of people to see. Mm-hmm. And like the owner, like was was pretty upset about it, and because yeah. they have this startling realization that like all these problems I caused, mm-hmm. like yes, but you know, you it's it, it's our job to reassure to a point and instruct, like yes, like you did this, but don't worry because we're here to fix that and we're going to fix that together. Like, yeah, yeah, you're paying me to fix it, but really you're paying me to show you how to maintain this proper relationship with the dog and uh, create the, you know, fix these issues that have been created through, which the worst part is like most of these issues are created because you just love your dog so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So like as, so we film so much at the facility at this point, right? Like I have every other day, typically somebody that's filming every lesson we do, you know, and making a video out of it and stuff like that. And, you know, when they're in the editing process, the only time I ever say, Hey, I want to make sure we cut that out. It's never a training related thing, right? Like from a training standpoint, I'll show anything. The only time it happens is if there's a really emotional point for a client through a lesson, you know what I mean? And that could be, in most cases, again, like a big breakthrough moment that they may have or them like really struggling to digest certain information when it pertains to like you having a tough conversation with them about like, hey, you're really, you know, screwing this up or doing this wrong or something like that. You know, those are the things that I'll look at Paige like when she's filming, I'll be like, you know what, like make sure you cut that part. You know, like I don't want to like exploit this person's like weakness too much with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying that that's what, you know, this person is doing necessarily, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's just like when I'm filming, that's the struggle of like, how much do we really want to show with that kind of stuff? But then you have the contrary, like I've talked about this the last handful of podcast episodes. Um, you know, Kate and I have been watching a lot of the Caesar shows and stuff and like his new one and his new one has some like crazy moments in it where there's this girl that was talking about how she was like really emotional and she was projecting these emotions on the dog. She like almost killed herself and stuff. And it was like this like heavy emotional conversation and the way that they were able to edit it in and stuff like that actually made it really good. You know, it was like they Mm -hmm. were able to put it in, in a way where it was like a great positive outlook on like the future and whatever, you know, but that was, um, that's kind of the struggle with it is like, if you're going to throw stuff like that into your content, like figuring out a way to do it where it's not still not like blaming the person necessarily and making it clear to your audience that like, Hey, this is a positive thing right now. This is not a screw this person kind of thing, you know? Yeah. There, there has to be some sort of tact to it. Yeah. And 
I have a, I mounted a TV in my training room, which is like the lobby. So I'm sitting in a break room, but like my lobby has my desk in it, but also has a TV mounted on the wall. And I have, I always play those episodes and all the Caesar 911 stuff. I just let those things play 24 seven. So there's some noise, but also, I don't know, it's dog related. I thought it would be nice, but I, I always feel like there's something to be learned from that sort of thing, even if it's not the best stuff yeah. that's going on. Um, what's that one guy? There's a, I think it's on Discovery Plus. He's a bald guy. It's a dog impossible um, or whatever. Who? Dog impossible. What? That's the other show. Oh, yeah, that it's guy. Like that tall, skinny um, guy. I, yeah, I popped out the one day to check out the facility and see what was going on. And, uh, he was on all fours face to face with a dog that was growling at him through a crate. <laughs> and I remember I looked right at my employee. I was like, do not ever do that, please. <laughs> do not crawl on the floor with a dog that will potentially bite you. Yeah. Please. I've never actually watched and- that one before. The dog impossible show. Um, I know that I remember when it came out that the dude caught a lot of heat because I think he was like a, I don't think he had been training for that long. Right. And, you know, they they made a show on him, obviously, like a reality show and stuff like that. And, you know, it wasn't like a Caesar situation where, like, again, we could, like, agree or disagree about, like, if we like what he's doing. But, like, he's been doing it for long enough and, you know, knows what he's doing enough to to, to where you can't really debate, like, the results and stuff he's getting. Where I think that guy, a lot of the stuff that he was, like, putting in it was, like, just truly just, like, didn't make sense, you know? That, yeah, a lot of it was just that, like... um woo i don't know woo woo shit like there wasn't a whole lot of training in the show as much as there was like hey man this dog's afraid of dogs let's throw it in a group of dogs and see what it does Mm -hmm. like holy shit like okay like if that's one that's one way to do it i guess Mm -hmm. uh but i mean i would recommend watching it just simply uh if you have like a weird self-loathing thing like i do you should watch it because if you like (laughs) to feel bad about stuff yeah because that's but it's educationally i guess it's there's i i'm i always get criticized by my friends who are dog trainers who are like well why do you follow that stuff why do you watch that stuff and because i genuinely think there's i'm sure there's something i could learn from everybody in the dog training world uh maybe it's even to learn what not to do Mm -hmm. um you know like i like i was like why do you follow the dog data i'm like hey the gucci suits are dope i want them louis suits i need to buy one but like there's stuff to learn there. There's stuff to see, whether it be business related, whether it be dog training related. Um, yeah, there's he does, the way he handles some of those dogs is not the way to handle the dogs, but like the, there's potentially good information there. Mm-hmm. I like to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening in dog training. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, that absolutely. you in your ecosystem, you know, um, where where again, regardless of how anybody's doing it, like I want to understand just what's happening in this industry, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I'll throw my, again, two cents that nobody really gives a shit about in from time to time as far as what I think about those types of things. But I want to at least understand it enough where if I like it or I don't like it, I'm able to clearly articulate why I like it or why I don't like it. And that's why I like doing those reaction videos, right? And again, people, mm-hmm. you know, give me some shit for them from time to time, you know, because again, I do get a little fired up every now and then. But, like, it helps me to be able to, like, as I'm watching this and formulating my opinions, talking it out loud 
helps me be able to really understand why I like or don't like those things. Or if I just start rambling and just like talking shit, I could look back at it later and be like, well, actually that reason that I said right there didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. You know, maybe I was just acting yeah. rashly or emotionally there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I personally like following like all these different pages, even ones that frustrate me beyond belief, right? There's plenty of trainers that I see online that I don't necessarily follow their page, but it'll pop up in my explore section all the time. And I always try to watch them when I see them. And every time I do, I leave it just like my mind is just like rattled around. Cause I'm just like, God, that was so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Why like, I just watch. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's good to be able to see for that purpose. Mm. I, that, that's that's really important. That, that's what it is too. It's yeah. Um, and even the podcasts that get really hard to listen to at some point, like or like the bullshit internet drama, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the I don't know if you listen to the Ivan Belvanov podcast with Larry Crone. Yeah. Like that shit was painful. That one was painful um, for for multiple reasons. One because again, yeah. you know, I don't I don't really agree with Larry's point of view on all of it, but also like the conversation just went nowhere. Right. Like, and I understand Ivan was basically like, you know, I can't even debate this right now unless we could come to terms of like, what do we mean when we say, you know, e-collar stammer? What do we mean when we say this and stuff like that? So he was trying to get his definitions ironed out first, but that would be like the equivalent of me having a podcast with a force free trainer and being like, what's your definition of abuse, right? And then us sitting there for two hours trying to come up with what the definition of it was and then just ending the podcast at the end of it because we realized that your definition of it and my definition of it are like two very different things. That Yeah, that was a... That one to me, I, I remember listening to that and just being like, "Did I just listen to a guy yell at another guy for two hours and come away with nothing?" Yeah, uh, but but I think but what's important about that podcast was at the end of the at the end of it, they did actually agree on this on a few things which they initially went in there thinking they didn't agree on. What were the like, things they agreed on? I don't actually remember. Uh, I believe it was the using um, using higher level stim to teach behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, because Larry was big on you know using the low level stim, yeah. and Ivan was like, "Well, what is low level?" Yeah, and he was saying, "Well, you know, it's it's the lowest perceivable level." And he goes, "Well, if the outcome's the same, what's the difference between using the low level and the high level?" And he was like, "Well, stress levels." And he goes, "Well, how are we measuring these stress levels?" Yeah, like the dogs are performing the actions, and then it just went on and on. And then Ivan said, "How many times he's won world championships?" And I was like, "All right, I'm out." I do love when he, he starts throwing that out there. He starts getting into the, well, actually, you can't debate me because I'm actually the best at this. <laughs> well, actually, I am the best. I'm like, all right, man. That's yeah. cool. But I, I actually, I actually uh, want a, a trainer around here locally has one of Ivan's dogs. She's got a Malinois from Ivan. Mm-hmm. And, woo, that thing is fucking nuts yeah i've worked with a couple of malinois that were out of his uh his litters that just from the club that i used to be a part of and um i actually had a puppy that was a puppy of one of his dogs also that was pretty cool um it was very i mean it seemed very well bred and stuff so i also met the one time i remember when i first was getting into like protection sports and stuff i went to this seminar in like middle of bumfuck nowhere pennsylvania and it was a protection seminar, and some lady brought a dog there that was one of Ivan's like personal protection dogs that he sold. It was like you know fifteen thousand dollar, twenty thousand dollar dog yeah. or something like that. And 
I remember the guy that I went with, the trainer that was a part of the club that I used to work at. I remember he came over after, and he's just like, yeah, that dog's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like nope, 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 nope. That's, that's, not a, that's not a good dog. <laughs> I actually, I have a, I just thought of a question because I was, I was talking to Alex the other day about it and it's, it's something that came up. I had a client call me and, and ask about, um, do you keep, you keep dogs for board and train? Like if they do a 30 day board and train, you have the dogs in the facility for 30 days, right? Yeah. The whole 30 days. Okay. Lo- locally, there's some places that have been sending dogs home on like Fridays. I know Tyler's and they started don't... doing that for a while. He would do like the weekend, what? the dog would go home and then come back. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm not into it because, well, okay. So, so I know when I talked to Tyler about it, the reasoning behind it initially when they started doing it was much more from a staffing standpoint, right? From a business standpoint, it makes a lot of sense because you don't house dogs over the weekend. So five days a week, you need to have staff there. And the seven days is where things throw off because you need to add one, potentially two extra employees to staff two extra days. Where really five days a week, I mean, people work five shifts in their business week, right? So you need one, two, three, maybe four employees. But then again, to fill two more days of three shifts a day or something, that's another two to three employees right there, you know? So that was the initial reasoning for it. Um, past that, I remember when we had him on the podcast, he was talking about how, you know, getting that feedback from the client on, like, the dog going home and giving him a couple little things to work on and stuff like that and seeing how it went. I could see the benefit of, of it, you know? Like, I could understand how, like, let's say I did a one-hour send-home four times over the course of a board and train program. And the first one, it's like, okay, for this weekend, I want you to just work on leash walking, right? The second week, I want you to just work on place command in the house. The third week, I want you to work on some recalls in your backyard, right? By the time that dog actually goes home, the owner will have been practiced enough with it where it's not so many foreign concepts thrown at them all at once. Um, Yeah, I I guess I don't really see a downside to it necessarily. Um, Aside from the fact that sometimes it's just nice to keep the momentum going, you know? And that could be me as, like, I've never done it that way, just assuming that it would put huge wrenches in things. Hmm. But I don't know. I like, to, I like to have that flexibility of the momentum is still going. If, for whatever reason, by the end of that first week, it's like we haven't really gotten anywhere productive yet and there's not a whole lot to work on, that I could just keep rolling and not feel this time constraint of, like, Actually, the one downside I could potentially see with it is that I would feel this rush of like, oh, the first week is coming to an end. I've got to get this thing done, and now I have two days left, and I need to rush through that thing because the dog isn't quite where I need them to be, you know? Yeah, that's – I was thinking about that just because it's – that was the thing. Like, I know he does it. There's another, another place that does it too. And because I had this dog, you know, you'll get those dogs where, like, they might not come out of their crate for a few days. They're just so scared or they're just so terrified. And I feel like if I'm rushed to try and get this dog walking properly to send it home on a Friday, so then you can have your dog Saturday and Sunday. And like, let's, you know, and is it, I don't know, maybe it's my lack of faith, but like, are you really going to work on that? Or are you going to miss? Cause I know some people just miss their dogs so much when they're, when they're gone, yeah. you know, I'm getting messages every four hours. Like how is so-and-so doing? Can you send me an update? I'm like, yeah. yep, he's like, he's the same as he was four hours ago. He's cool. <laughs> He's still here. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, and then, like, I feel like if I send this dog home, 
after it's been here for like just made progress with this dog it's coming out of its crate it's letting you touch it we're getting slip lead on it we're doing a little work and i gotta send you back home and then you're coming back on monday yeah. right but i just put myself two days behind um honestly i can't even like when i think about trying to schedule sending eight dogs home on a friday yeah. i want to throw up so that's the uh like, that's the other side of things for me of why i wouldn't even want to try it is that i mean scheduling send home lessons with people alone is enough of a pain in the ass sometimes you know <laughs> yeah it is let alone then like yeah like all of these dogs need to go home on the same day and i'm doing this every single week <laughs> <laughs> that just yeah, sounds right. like you're asking for like, some sort of scheduling issue to happen. Yeah, terrible. Know? Yeah, and then, and then you're also re- you're also counting on people showing up on time, which yeah, you know sometimes they yeah you, you know with send home lessons and, and drop offs you have multiple you have drop offs and send homes on the same day and it's like yeah. I'm I'm giving sometimes I can't give myself a big window for these things and yeah. it's like you've got a, a send home lesson starting and someone's just coming in with their incredibly reactive dog yeah and it's like oh boy yeah we're pretty strict about our timing with that kind of stuff from the the drop-off standpoint like we tell people like yo this is your window like you've got 20 minutes from this time to this time that we're going to intake the dog and if they show up late from that like they're waiting until the next available window which may mean they have to drop off later that evening or the next morning or something like that now the send home lesson thing kills me this doesn't happen all the time but I've had a couple of situations before. Like, our sign-home lessons are three hours long. So we'll tell you, Dave, you're going to come pick up your dog from 12 to 3, and you're going to be here for three hours, right? So from 12 to 3. And then the day will come, and we'll be, it'll be like 12.10, 12.15, 12 and they won't be there. And we'll call them, and they'll be like, oh, I thought I could just come any time between 12 and 3. And we're like, no, no, you can't. You're going to be here for three hours. Yeah. Or we'll have some people that they, they like, forget that there's a send home lesson. Like, they'll come, and they'll be, like, ready to pick up the dog and just dip out. They'll be like, like oh, yeah. oh, yeah, training's just done. I'm just here to pick up my dog. And we're like, oh, you need to be here for three hours. And they're like, what? Like, uh, oh, I, I wasn't exp- – I, I can't do that right now. I got to go – I got to go rush and do this or something. And we're like, well, you can't just, like, come get the dog. Like, yeah. You gotta come back yeah, later. There's dude. a little bit of work to be put into it. Yeah, and that's yeah. I some I don't like when I get the like some when clients do come and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna be working with your dog when you get here. So like, it's like three hours for me as a, as a send home lesson. That like, I like to talk to you about that off air, quote unquote. But um, <laughs> we'll schedule time for that. But because like I've done so much work, like recording, like I have a sheet written up of like how yeah. like explicitly like. From 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., this is what you should be doing with your dog when it's home. Like for the next couple of weeks, and I spent yeah. a couple days, a couple call it a couple of weeks, recording and editing videos of the behaviors of like what place should look like. You know, each video is about 15 minutes long of me telling you what places, what leash walking is. These are the exercises that you're going to use for leash walking. Um, so I want the like I want my clients to have reference material yeah. for when they go home, right? So then my my, my goal lessons tend to be about an hour where we run through everything because I, I've, I had, there must've been a time in my career where I had a bunch of clients in a row, just like, you know, rushing you through that go home lesson. Like, Hey, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's a recall. Cool. I get it. Cool. What's place. All right. Show me place. All right. Let's walk the dog. You've taken the, the dog for a two minute walk and they're like, sounds great. Uh, do you have my dog's food and stuff? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, uh, like, like, please let me educate you. Yeah. Please. 
Yeah, I, I, so the three hours, honestly, I'll tell you, sometimes, like, with my son home lessons I do with people, like, I wish I had four hours with people. Because, like, I just, like, it's real, like, we just, we're, like, relaxing through it. Like, I'm not trying to rush through things with people or anything. Right. And also, you know, I need to hit a point with the dog where the dog starts making some mistakes too. Like, so the the client can learn from those things. And a lot of times, like the first hour of the lesson or the first hour and a half of the lesson, the dog's just like, man, we're in a training session. I fucking got this, you know? And they're on it, on it, on it, on it. And then like, finally we'll start hitting a point where the dog starts making some mistakes so I can show them how I work through those mistakes with the dog. Then usually the halfway point, like an hour and a half in, an hour 45 in, is when I really fully hand the reins off to them. Like, obviously, through that first hour and a half, we're kind of going back and forth where I do a couple, they do a couple, I do a couple, they do a couple. But usually that halfway point to, like, two-thirds through, like, you're handling the dog, like, fully at this point, and I'm just critiquing everything you're doing. And we'll go everywhere, man. Like, we'll go, like, upstairs, downstairs, into the other training center, around the corner of the park. We work commands outside. And I want them to just do so many freaking repetitions mm-hmm. that I could truly tell, like, I've ingrained <clears throat> some of this stuff into their head at this point. And a lot of people will combat that, and they'll be like, well, you're throwing too much information at them. The caveat I have to that, and the reason why I don't think that's the case, is because, again, our board and train program, we're teaching three commands, really, if you break it down, right? We're teaching a bed stay, we're teaching a down stay, we're teaching our come command, which is our walking, right? Mm -hmm. And the way we're rewarding and enforcing all of those commands is exactly the same, no matter what command it is that we're working on. So maybe the whole first hour of them truly having the reins is them walking the dog and working on down stays. Right. So we're drilling the same thing over and over again where they'll have done it so many times that it just like burns it into their head. And Mm -hmm. I can tell the clients that I have them do a lot of that at the end of the lesson and like force them through some of those hurdles where they start getting a little distracted and then they have to work the dog through that. I find those ones when they come back for their follow-up session are usually the smoothest with handling the dog because by the time they left there, they were forced to focus through this. You know how when you're working with a dog, you hit a point with your dog sometimes where it's like they're kind of tuning out, right? And that hurdle, you work them past of them tuning out. And then once you work them past that hurdle of them tuning out, they're so much smoother. And and then the next time you take them out – if you worked them for 45 minutes before it hit that point, you could work them for two hours and they'll stay engaged the whole time. I find that it's very similar with clients, you know, because yeah. there's plenty of clients. You get an hour and a half in and yeah, they're checking their phone. They're looking at their watch. Like they're ready to go at that point. And if you're like, nah, we're, we're still working right now. Yeah. And you force no, them no, through that. We're point, not done here. They're going to stay more. I think they stay more engaged long term from that. I really do. And that's something I had this conversation with a lot of my trainers for a while, like when they first started doing send home lessons where they asked me, they're like, man, like three hours is a long time. I feel like I hit an hour and a half in and the clients are just over it. I was like, yeah, I was like, that's like a hurt. That's, that's a learning opportunity. You know, that's how we get mm-hmm. them past those things. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that's my spin on it. So. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I mean, that, that's up to you then to engage with the client. Right. And that's, it's, I think it's hard to find people who are going to be good dog trainers because I always argue that training the dog is the easy part. Oh, yeah. It's engaged. It's talk about leash walking for an hour with somebody. Yeah. Try to explain something that they have to feel, right? Like teach them that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's an art in its own is engaging with the clients. Because yeah. I know you've had clients where 
you're talking to them and they're just staring at you <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah. Right. I, I find myself going, does that make sense? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've listened to lessons I've done and I've, I remember asking a client, does that make sense about 72 times? And I was like, wow, you need yeah. to remove that or find a different way to speak. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, that's been a struggle, but ultimately it's, it's, we're finally hitting the groove of like, we get, you can almost categorize your clients in which way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the most recent hire, um, I, I hired a girl named Marissa who's, she went to a, a dog training college. I forget the name of it. I think it was like in Indiana. So it was really nice because she was able to just sort of step in to just train. And I didn't have to do too much of like, Hey, this is how we hold a leash properly. This is how we walk dogs. Like she had most of that already ingrained in her, but, and she was doing private lessons and I was like, Hey, I'm going to sit there and watch you do these. I will not interrupt you. I promise. Um, I will not, because that would be like, I don't want to make anybody cry and be like, Nope, you're wrong. Hold on. Cause that would like really make her feel good. Um, but she does a really good job of just engaging with people and talking to people. And that's, a huge strength. Yeah. My other employee actually is, is the same. She's not as confident in the way she feels about talking to clients about this stuff because, um, she was a former client of mine too. So she already had, I knew she knew how to train a dog. She's got a pretty a big working line shepherd. Who's a, he's pretty reactive. So I'm like, she got to delve into a lot of that training bullshit, like the hard work that I, that you have to do. Cause you know, dealing with reactive dogs is the hardest part for clients yeah. for me at least. And she had to do that. So like, she's so much better of a dog trainer than she knows she is. And I'm just trying to find a way to like, I want to give her lessons and be like, trust me. The reason I'm giving them to you is because I know you can do that. Yeah. Uh, and apparently I only hire people with red hair because that's how that works. And I'm sure you saw my myself just disappear because my mom called because <laughs> the discussion I have with my mother all the time is, well, why don't you ever call me, David? And I was like, well, phones work both ways, mom. It's pretty cool. And she goes, well, every time I call you, you're at work. I'm like, well, of course. Well, where else would I be at 11 o'clock in the morning? Dude, that's hilarious. My mom does the same thing. I actually got a text from her yesterday. She's like, hey, haven't talked to you in a while. Just wanted to check and see how you're doing. Yeah. Give us a call. Yeah. And it's funny. I was like, Mom, we saw each other on Saturday. <laughs> it's like, we literally, yeah. Yeah. We literally Mom, just hung out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, the, my mother's definition of time is very different than mine. Yeah. She's like, oh, we haven't spoken in three weeks. It's like, we talked two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and she, my mom just got a new dog. And uh, uh, she lost her dog a couple of years ago. It's a little Pekingese Pomeranian. And she's just... She keeps bugging me to train her dog. Oof, and I was like, I, Mom, terrible. I'm not going to do that because you won't listen to me and yeah. I'll get so frustrated. Yeah. I would get so mad. <laughs> Actually, I, I lied. Yeah. I would train my parents' dog knowing they wouldn't do anything. And the reason why I would train it is that way at least when I go over the house, I can make sure that dog doesn't annoy the fuck out of me. <laughs> you know? And you could so, do nothing, but this dog will listen to me really well. It's a six-pound Pomeranian. Yeah. I mean, the dogs, it's a cute little thing, but of course, you know, sort of, we'll call it a new dog owner. I get there the other night and the dog's a, a little fat sausage thing. I was like, how did you make this dog fat already? Yeah. It's, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not fat. I was like, you're feeding it 
not dog food, aren't you? Well, she doesn't like to eat her dog food. I was like, fucking told you. Dude, we have this like, lab in right now, and um, it's ridiculous, dude. It's it's a regular sized lab, right? You know, normal size should be a normal sized dog. It weighed. Mm-hmm. We weighed it when it got in a hundred and thirty nine pounds. So <laughs> <laughs> whale. Uh, that's oh, that's boy. so big. It's unbelievable yeah. how big that is. That's a big boy, dude. It's like the dog would walk, and you see its whole just. Just like rocking around with it, and Seamus was so Seamus was working with his dog. Seamus was so proud. We started doing recently like uh, weekly weigh-ins for all the dogs, right? It's like we're oh, cool. It's like we're the UFC over here, right? Um, <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah. And we weighed the dog, and the dog's getting ready to go home to it, and he's like, "This dog lost fifteen pounds since it's been here." And we were so Yo. proud. We're like, "Fuck yeah!" And it's oh, only yeah. about forty more to go. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. I have competed against men in jujitsu that weigh that much. Yeah. So just to just to give people an idea of how large that is, that is. Well, if you look at a Great I mean, Dane, right, a healthy Great Dane is going to be about 130 to 150 pounds. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a horse. Gigantic. It's a horse. It's a yeah, right? Like, oh man, that that's insanity. It's so big. I was shocked. I remember I read it. Like, the dog got in, and I saw them write the weight on the crate sheet, and I was just like, what in the actual fuck is that? Like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah. does that say 139? Oh, my God. Oh, that would be... I mean, I have zero problem telling people their dogs are fat. Like, I don't... People are like, that's rude. I'm like, not really. It's for your dog's health. Yeah. I'm not going to be... Like, sometimes you got to be like, yeah, like... The, dog, the people give you the, um, I mean, I'm sure they do in the kennel. you like, how much does your dog eat per meal? They give you the solo and, cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get, they're like one scoop, and they give you like a 64-ounce big golf cup. And you're like, <laughs> no. No. We're not doing, no, we're going to, I'm going to feed the dog how much I would feed the dog. And then they come back and they're like, oh, he looks great. He looks like a different dog. I'm like, yeah. because he's been working a lot and eating appropriate amounts of food. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh. The the weigh-ins, we actually started doing that for that reason. Because, like, so many dogs come in obese, right? And we want to be able to, like, track that so we can keep people updated throughout the process, right? Like, week one when I mm-hmm. call you, it's like, hey, your dog lost three pounds, but that's actually a good thing, and this is why. Yeah. Because over the course of, like, a dog like this, right, that's going to lose 20 pounds throughout a stay or something like that. Like, that's a fairly substantial amount of weight, but it's healthy for them. But it's a fairly substantial amount that from week one to week four, they would look at that and be like, wow, like that's a drastic difference. But if they had that week by week update of, yo, your dog is on this steady path down, mm-hmm. it becomes less startling for them initially. Because yeah. I think yeah. all of us as trainers, like we ran into a couple situations where we had really fat dogs that we were just like, this dog needs to drop some weight, right? And the dog drops weight and the owner comes and picks the dog up and they're super angry of the fact that like the dog dropped weight, but it's like, but your dog is 10 times healthier right now. But to them, it's like, the dog didn't need to lose weight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's I just that's gave your dog four that. years of life. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking, I have this idea that I want, I want to buy a freezer and I want to, uh, you'll, you'll get some dogs in board and train with that are on a raw diet, right? Which, you yeah. know, is not for me, it's not a pain in the ass to feed a dog raw food. I fed my own dog raw food. Um, I, and you see a lot of the food that clients bring in and like, again, I'm, uh, I don't want to preface this by saying I'm not a vet because I've had vets recommend me telling me that raw food is bad for my dogs and yeah. like they're going to die and get sick. And I'm like, okay. Vets get uh, real crazy sure. about that. Mm-hmm. 
What's up? I said Sorry, vets, get, cut vets get real crazy about the raw diet thing. Yeah, at least I want yeah. to like have raw food, and I want my dogs and board and train to be on a raw diet because yeah. the benefits that I've seen with my own dogs and other dogs are in here, like the way they look. Because dogs get dirty over board and train, um, we give them baths and all that stuff. But man, like the dogs would feel so much better if they had a perfectly healthy diet, and I know for. I, I would say ninety five percent of dogs, even if they're stressed, are going to eat that raw food that I'm giving you at the end. Yeah, right. Like at the end of the like your meal, they're going to eat that meal, and that's that's something I've been debating and trying to figure out how I could possibly implement. But I know people are real touchy with their dogs' diets, but yeah, I want to see. I'm going to throw that idea out there to a couple of clients. Like, hey, do you mind if I switch your dog to a raw diet for here for a month just to see, like, you know. Like what's going on with it? I think we, it would be a, a really good thing for a lot of the dogs here. You know, we get unhealthy yeah. dogs, and it's like I want to. You're paying me to take care of your dog as well as train your dog. Yeah. So there, there's a trainer. I think he's in like the Baltimore area or something. I think his name is Dave. Also, like Dave Cochran or something like that. And he's got a training company, and that's his shtick. Is like his board and train programs. All the dogs get fed raw while they're with him. He said he mandates uh-huh. it. The clients, if they want to do a board and train, their dog is getting put on a raw diet when they're there. Now. Hmm. You know, past health, past health issues and stuff like that, and, you know, dietary reasons for it being a good thing for them, which I don't debate at all. I mean, I feed my dogs kibble, but I'm just lazy. So, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, no, I get that. But past that, like, imagine running a kennel where, like, when feeding time came around, you just fed all the dogs the same fucking thing. Wow, that would be it nice. Would be, uh, that's be 30 nice. minutes. That's a, a oh, two dude, training that's, sessions. For right us, there. It's, I mean, we have, you know, at, at a time, we'll have, you know, 30 dogs, 35 dogs in the facility. If I could just walk around and be like, Quarter chicken breast, quarter chicken breast, quarter chicken breast, quarter chicken breast, and just like go down the line doing that, just toss those bowls in. Damn, that would be that'd be sweet instead of bouncing around like where's this dog's food? Oh, your bin's back there. Oh, I gotta go get yours from more here. Do do do. Or you know when you hit the bowl of food on the kennel when you're trying to put it in, and then you spill oh, it, it spills everywhere, everywhere, and, and then you ha- you know I always a hundred percent of the time if I do that I'll just let out a really food motivated dog and just be like go pick it up for me. <laughs> Yep, that's what I do with my dog. Oh man, get yourself a little snack. (laughs) Like we are doing some nose work now. Go for it. Hell yeah, sweet. Well, Uh, Dave, do you have anything else you want to add to things? We had a little technical Um, difficulties in the middle. We'll have to do this again once we get that ironed out. I got to figure out what the deal is with that. I'm gonna do some experiments with Zoom once we get off of this. But uh, we wound up working it out. It worked out. Yeah, dude, we we we'll work it out. We may work out. Um. I don't know. I don't, if, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, if anyone's in the Buffalo area, my website is buffalocanine.com. Um, my name is Dave. Uh, I own The Art of Dog. I stole the name from The Art of Jiu-Jitsu from the Mendez Brothers. It's no big secret. Uh, you know, if you have questions, whatever, reach out. I'm on Instagram, of course, The Art of Dog. There's an underscore between all the words, and um, I'm happy to help. You know, just reach out if you have questions. If you want to train your dog, contact me. Um, you know, always around. Hell yeah. Well, it's good uh, talking to you always. We were holding mm-hmm. off on doing this one with you because I even told Josh this the other day. I've been wanting to come to Buffalo and just do it in person, but I just don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. So I'm glad we got you on. Well, uh, thank you for that. I was hoping. I'm glad I got the phone call. Um, but for... Uh, I'll let this cat. I'll let a cat out of the bag. I got Forrest coming again next spring. Oh yeah. Uh, he's gonna yeah. He's gonna be here for a weekend again. Oh yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll I'll let you know. We'll try and plan that out and try yeah, and get sure. we can do a live thing with everybody. 
Yeah, that would be awesome. You have to wear that, though. Do you, it depends. So when he was here in May, we had one day that was 45 degrees, and the next day was 75. And, like, we're supposed to get three feet of snow tomorrow. I so saw that. Yeah, I saw it because the Browns game is out there this weekend, <laughs> and everybody's saying how they're just going to get hammered while they're playing. I'm I'm about it. I don't mind. I got a giant truck. I don't care. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome, dude. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. See you. See you.